Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, uh, everybody. Uh, again, I ask who's everybody is, because I'm not sure who's listening or who will listen. Uh, although, let me say a few things. I have been doing uh, episodic shows. I've been doing once in a while, uh, more once in a while lately than uh, when I first started doing this a couple of years ago, at uh, 4 o'clock on Monday afternoons. And what I've decided, uh, for reasons that I'll explain as I go along, to do my show in the evening in the hope that I reach more people. Um, and I'm kind of excited to uh, move my show to an 8 o'clock period on Monday. Uh, there'll be people who are going to be angry at me because they expect me to uh, play a card game on Monday evening that I haven't enjoyed for a long time, which is uh, part of my motivation for really seeking to change my life uh, since I retired. Again, I'll talk a little bit about that. So I'm going to try to do more shows uh, than I've been doing the last few months or the last year, uh, although I'll do one next week. Um, but I'm not, I'll be then going up to visit my uh, children and grandchildren uh, in New York uh, for about uh, three, three and a half weeks, and it'll be very difficult for me to do a show uh, up there, I don't have the privacy, and I don't have uh, you know the way that the computer would be set up to do a show. But when I get back in September, uh, I intend to do a lot of things very differently. Uh, I've been talking about uh, renewal and uh, growth, uh, or their opposite, uh, or creation, or their opposite, uh, death, whether it's psychological or physical, uh, a kind of a shrinking something I've been feeling for uh, personally for a long time now um, since I retired, or at least after the point at which I retired. Uh, early on, my retirement was a, a kind of a joy for me, and uh, there were really no conflicts about it. Um, or or uh, uh, we create or destroy. And um, I want to talk about this, and I have to talk about this in kind of personal terms. I don't know any theories about this. Uh, all of the theories that I've been talking about in the series I've already done really uh, feel real to me. Uh, they're not only things I've read in the book, because uh, most of them I haven't read in the book, uh, or they're amalgams or, or, or put together from a variety of different theorists that I have respected and writers I've respected over the years. But they, they feel real to me. So when I say I really don't believe there is mental illness, uh, but rather uh, we're confronted with the kind of emotions, whether it's anxiety, despair, depression, that results from the fact that we're not living our life uh, in some way that allows us to be free of those emotions, that we're living our lives according to lies, uh, that uh, the things that we need to say to ourselves especially and maybe even more importantly to others, are unsayable. I want to spend a good deal of time later about what is unsayable, or what we believe to be unsayable. And so what I want to talk about today, in many ways, is, is uh, very personal. Uh, it's always been personal, but I want to make it even more personal tonight, uh, because uh, I'm going through a kind of, of a metamorphosis or a renewal that... Um, uh, I'm going to, that, that I would talk about in the more abstract way were I not going through it 
for myself. So let me tell you a little bit about me and, and, and where this uh, crisis and renewal uh, is coming from. And again, uh, I've said this many times before, but I truly believe it. Anytime we're full of anxiety and despair and confusion, what the psychiatrists call mental illness and what they more and more seek to uh, drug us uh, out of the state, to, to put us to sleep, so to speak, to uh, not let us work through the crisis, but anytime we're in that crisis, it's because in some way or another, life has become uh, intolerable. Life has become painful for us. And sometimes life can't be changed, or with great difficulty can it be changed, because things are lined up against us. Uh, there are external problems, uh, a serious disease, uh, the death of loved ones, uh, something I've talked about a number of times uh, over the last couple of years uh, on this show and other places, what I believe is the, the kind of crumbling and the death of our society where uh, the economics that many people are now confronting, um, that, that is crushing and, and difficult, has been brought about by the greed and the power of relatively few number of people, um, and that we feel helpless, but at the same time, it personally hurts us, and we feel disgusted, we feel shame, uh, we feel uh, uh, hemmed in, we feel blocked in. And we don't know how to find a way out. But many of the problems are self-imposed, or at least the imposition started earlier in life. Uh, and were we able, to, well, we're able to see a different way out of the problem that we're in, we would discover that um, we can renew ourselves and transform ourselves and live the life that I call to be creative, um, to be free and to grow and to transform requires certain kinds of elements. Uh, well, let me continue again with a little bit about uh, my own personal struggle here. I retired at uh, the age of 65, and I bought a place in Florida with my wife, uh, a community that I really, really enjoy. Um, about a year after I got down here, um, my knees started to give me a tremendous amount of problem. I was playing a lot of tennis. I was a tennis player since I was relatively young and loved the game. Uh, and I don't think the tennis had anything really to do with the arthritis that was eating up my knees, but it certainly didn't help. And uh, last year, the crisis became so great in my physical body that I ended up having double knee replacement. And I can happily say I can get back on a, uh, a tennis court. Uh, while I was not being able to play tennis for about two years, I took up golf, which may have been a stupid thing to do at the age of 68, because by then I was 68. And uh, I fell in love with the game. And I'll, I'm not going to ever play really well, but there is something really joyful to me about getting up on a golf course with some friends. And so my retirement, uh, my wife got involved with many things down here, and my retirement became something I never really questioned except for the fact that I miss my children, and especially even more my grandchildren back up north uh, where I originally came from. But what has begun to happen as I look around and as I experience my own retirement is that so much of it seems to be terribly trivial. 
uh, I look around and there are people who really seem to enjoy endless numbers of card games. Um, uh, the golf and the tennis seems to be enough along with some card games. And yet, as I, I, uh, the years have gone by, I have discovered that uh, I, this is not something that makes me feel really comfortable in myself. It doesn't uh, allow me to feel that I'm a psychologist. And if somebody asks me, uh, what are you or who are you, uh, the first thing would be my name, and the second thing would be psychologist. There are other ways I identify myself. I'm an American, I'm Jewish, I'm married, uh, I'm a father, I'm a grandfather, all critically important to how I define myself. But psychologist, in so many ways, is at the top of the list and has been at the top of the list for so long. Uh, one of the ways I've kept myself alive psychologically as a psychologist was to do this show. And I, as I started doing less and less of the show, because I was feeling I was doing, saying the same things over and over again, uh, I, I began to experience a diminution, a kind of a shrinkage of myself, a kind of being lost. And when I asked myself, why don't I do something different? Why don't I do something more? The answer was, well, you're an old guy. What's the point? And I realized that was a deadly kind of a statement to be saying to myself. What's the point? The point is I was looking at what I was going to do in terms of a future. And I've just had my 70th birthday, and I don't look forward to a future. It's not that I don't feel uh, uh, healthy, and I don't feel I'm about to die today or tomorrow, but I don't feel the same sense of long-term future and future goals that I used to feel when I was a much younger person. Uh, time had a different feeling to me when I was 20, 30, 40, 50. Uh, it was I had future. Now, I don't know how much future I have. So why do all of the things that I would enjoy doing or get my career uh, up and going? And the answer came to me, and it's something that maybe some me can use, and that was I can do the future by ignoring the future and saying, being a psychologist, doing this show, uh, opening an office, which I've just done with two, fr uh, uh, with, uh, two friends, a new practice here in, in Florida, uh, getting my license, which was a terribly difficult, awful thing to go through, given the nasty bureaucracy down here in Florida. Uh, it's not Florida, it's Florida. Because until you deal with the bureaucracy down in this place, uh, you just don't know what, uh, what, uh, uh, what difficulty and, 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 and silliness and stupidity really can be. In any event, I began to do all of these things. I took all the tests and I did all the studying. Uh, and now I've just opened an office. And this radio show becomes even more important to me because when I advertise myself, I would like people at whatever age to come here and listen to some of the things I've said and maybe even join in the conversations on this show to talk through and talk out some of the difficulties that they've been trapped with because I know so many of the people around me, so many of the people I meet become more and more lifeless as they get older because there is no future. 
Uh, there is no future because they don't recognize that living in the present is even more important than setting things up as a future. I'll give you an example of this. Uh, I have colleagues and friends who I play golf with. And those of us who started late in life in this very difficult, cruel game are never really going to be very good at it. And there are those who say, I'm going to give it up. And I say, but we're enjoying ourselves out here. There really is no, nothing more important at this moment than to play as well as we can, but enjoy what we're doing for the sake of doing it. Not worry about how good we're going to be in five years, 10 years, 15 years, or 20 years, because in those amount of time, most of us will not be doing that or anything else. So uh, what motivates me to do the show and to increase my shows and to do all of the things that uh, bring me back into life as a psychologist is the feeling that as long as I'm alive, I have to be creative. I have to be uh, the person I became when I was younger. And this is really the message of the show. Because so much in life conspires to tell us, don't do it. And I want to talk about some of the things uh, and how it feels not to do. One of the most important uh, uh, emotions that tell you that you're not living your life as you wish. Well, let me go through a list of them. I think I've mentioned shame. Whenever we don't live up to our best self, even if the people around us don't say anything, we see ourselves through their eyes and we have a sense of shame. Guilt, whenever we don't live up to our own best standards, even if we don't articulate and say what those standards are, we feel guilt. Fear, and the fear can be of so many different levels. One can be that the people around us, the people in our religion, the people in our race, the people in our culture, will punish us or humiliate us or even kill us uh, uh, because of what we say and because of what we believe. And so we, we, we internalize this, and we begin to uh, 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 not just criticize ourselves, but we begin to watch ourselves for what we say. We begin to uh, fear, and more and more of what we are and what we want becomes what I call unsayable. When I was much younger as a psychologist, it used to be called the unconscious. And I believe there are all kinds of unconscious processes that are always going on, but so much of what's called unconscious is really quite conscious. It's just that we fear to say it, and we fear even saying it to ourselves. What's wrong with me if everybody around me gets so upset or criticizes us for saying uh, what we feel we're saying? Uh, since I've been going through this on a personal level, I, I will try to say to friends who are my age, even older, uh, we live in the moment. We have to live in the moment because there is no great future. It is amazing the terror and the anger this produces in people. It becomes unsayable. And so uh, I have learned that I want to keep my friends. I want to keep myself on a good stead with people. Because, as I'll explain in a moment, you really can't live a life totally by yourself. You can't be an island. 
it's impossible, at least as far as what I have learned, uh, what I've ever read and, and understood from all the 40-some-odd years of my being a teacher and, and a psychologist, a psychotherapist. Um, it's impossible. And yet so much of, of uh, what conspires against us are the fears of those around us who even claim to love us and care about us. And while I've talked about this before, uh, I really do believe that it's only the people who respect and love you who will allow the unsayable to become sayable. And it's critically important for each of us, if we feel deep down in ourselves that there's something that needs to be said, to say it, not only to ourselves and be comfortable in saying it to ourselves, but to the people around us. And I've been finding ways of trying to say the fact that, uh, well, I just read an article that the average mortality in the United States is 78 years. I'm 70. But men live about three to four years younger than women. So if I'm average, I don't know if I'm average, I don't know I'm not average. Uh, it certainly doesn't get me upset to say I'm average, but it has a real ring of truth that perhaps I have four years or five years. Now, what do I do that's best? And one of the things I would like to see would be able to communicate with people about their anxieties and fears about the same kind of a thing. We are all going to die. And by the way, when I talk about things personal, I don't believe for one second I'm going to heaven. I don't believe for one second there's an afterlife. I don't believe it. Uh, I can't prove it, uh, but I have the same kind of faith that there is no such thing, uh, that God and, and, and the afterlife and heaven and hell are figments of fantasies that we have made up to comfort ourselves and that are used by political forces and religious forces that would control us to control us. I do believe that. And therefore... When I say these things, uh, it becomes critical for me to say them, but I think it becomes critical for anybody to say them if down in their soul, if down in what they believe to be the basis of who they are, that these things are true. You cannot be uh, uh, alive. You cannot function without others. But at the same time, you have to be yourself. It has to feel true, I believe, to yourself to live and to say uh, those things that are meaningful and that are the basis of your individuality and of your creativity. Again, I don't believe that if I give up my identity for some religion to get into heaven, I don't believe it, that this would be anything in, in, in my interest or in my favor. I truly believe that by doing what is what I think is morally right and intellectually truthful that comes out of my own individuality uh, is what makes life meaningful, not in the future and not in the past, but in this moment in the here and now. That's what I believe. And that's what I think uh, is necessary. And so I've opened up an office with two other people. Uh, we're going to send out uh, ads. We're going to try to get people who will come. 
Uh, I've gotten myself a Medicare number because uh, um, most people today can't afford or won't afford a, a psychotherapy, what's called a psychotherapy, uh, on the income. And uh, um, I will try to do and get back into my work uh, to, to, which feels real and important to me. So, uh, let me go back and, and review a little. I really believe that we have to be able to say the unsayable and find a way of saying it to those people whom we love, who love us. There has to be some sense that there's truth in what we say. Not that it hurts others, but helps others. That we form and we keep relationships. Now, by the way, as I say this, there are those who might write a how-to book on how to do this. I don't know how to do this. I know how to feel my way into it. I know when it feels right, when it feels truthful. But there's no way that I think you could say this is A, B, and C, and this is how it's all done. I think it has to be talked through. Um, one of the things I wrote in the last book I wrote uh, was that what we call psychotherapy, and I hate the word therapy because there's nothing medical. Nobody is sick uh, who comes to talk to me. Uh, it, confusion, anxiety, shame, guilt, fear. Uh, and I, I forgot to talk about boredom, which I will in a second. Um, these are all powerful emotions, and they're not sicknesses. They're all designed to tell us that we're either living ourselves a lie or destructively regard others or ourselves. And while I'm, I'm kind of rambling on this, let me back up a second and talk about boredom. Uh, one of the things I've been experiencing since I retired is increasing degrees of boredom. Um, and even when I, I, I play a card game that I don't like to play, I'm even more bored playing the cards because I'm occupying time, but it's not meaningful time. And what is boredom? What do I believe boredom is? I believe that boredom is an emotion related to anxiety. Anxiety is the emotion that tells us we're lying to ourselves that something is going on that we either don't know but know is going on anyway or that we don't want to know that's going on and we're not looking at it that's important to us. The variant of anxiety that we call boredom is that we're wasting our lives, is that we're taking the precious moments of our lives, those moments when we could be doing something that is loving and helpful to others and at the same time, creative and loving for ourselves, and we're wasting those moments. We're doing something that we believe somewhere deep, deep, deep in ourselves is a waste. It's destructive to waste the moments that we have on this earth. And as I have now passed my 70th birthday, the moments that I have and the moments I know are experienced by those around me, even when it becomes unsayable to say it, are more and more and more precious because there's no guarantee or there's less of a guarantee that tomorrow we will have them. So boredom is an incredibly important emotion in the context of this discussion. Now, I, I'm 
let me add before I went online on, on, on the, the show tonight, I went to uh, a toll free number for my listeners. I paid money for 500 minute block of time, and I don't know where that number shows itself. So that if anybody wants to call in, it'll be toll free. Maybe the actual number that's on the uh, show uh, on the page uh, that you see when you're uh, listening to me, maybe that is now toll-free. I'm going to have to look and see after it maybe was put there, but it was not on the page that I actually use that I look at, which is my uh, switching page. Uh, so I don't know. But uh, if you'd like to call in and talk, if you're out there, uh, and I hope over the next months I can get more and more people to uh, become regulars and talk and have discussions that uh, are meaningful to them and, uh, of course, to me, uh, that uh, there will be more calls. And uh, I will be heard, and I can hear you in discussing what I think are these critically important issues. So uh, what are some of the other topics that are unsayable? Uh, a friend of mine, actually the husband of my uh, in-law, developed uh, a serious cancer several years ago. He's now passed. But what I recognized in him and what I recognized in others who have been terminal is a terrible loneliness because what they do and what we do especially with them in order to keep away from the unsayable topic of death, is isolate them, and they isolate themselves. Uh, life for somebody in a terminal state of cancer or anything else becomes a struggle just to stay alive. Uh, golf games and card games and things of that nature become less important because uh, mortality uh, and death become uh, an immediate kind of thing. And what happens is uh, with, with this friend, who is also a psychologist and a, and a kind of really good guy in so many ways, when I think about him, I do miss him, uh, is that uh, they become increasingly isolated. And uh, rather than somehow break through and um, uh, find a creative way to die, now again, I feel odd saying this, because I'm not sure that if I went to the doctor tomorrow and I was given the information that meant my own termination, my own illness, that something that wasn't going to be handled or cured uh, or, or even managed uh, in some effective way, uh, I would be able to live the way I want to live in some creative way connected to the people around me and opening up so they can be connected to me. I'm not sure. Uh, uh, I hope that doesn't happen to me for a very long time, although sooner or later, unless I die by accident or random gunshot or any of the other ways that people can end up dying uh, where they don't have time to think about their own death and their own end, uh, how I'll behave. Uh, but certainly um, I think that there has to be a way for those who are ill to not become completely isolated into the illness uh, and shrink and die psychologically 
before they die physically. And this requires, again, that balance between being connected and being the self. But that balance always seems to be or, or hang on the possibility of finding in other individuals with whom uh, uh, we can at the same time be connected and yet ourselves. So uh, that becomes a real issue. And one of the things that I've become concerned about as a psychologist, uh, again, I live in an area where there are many, many much older individuals than myself. And at 70, I no longer uh, consider myself the kid. Uh, there are people down here of all manner of ages, and many of them have this terrible look of despair and deadness of their face, real depression. Uh, and part of it is uh, that I think they're facing their end, or what they believe to be their end, all alone and isolated, without that creativity that makes life worth living. Uh, by the way, that's interesting when if I talk about those emotions, the emotion that attends creativity, when we find a way of doing something that helps others, but at the same time is expressed by only that which we can express. I don't think I said that too well, so let me say it again. There are things that only we can say, or paint, or write, or cook, or dance, or play. Things that, that are unique to us, because each of us is totally unique in this entire world, even if there are uh, now six or more billion people on this planet. Each of us is an individual. And yet, to be creative is to be able to express these things in a way that's beneficial to others. Uh, I think that serial killers and people who destroy others are trying to be individuals. And yet that's not uh, creativity, that's morbidity, that's nihilism, uh, that's, that's destructiveness. But when we really break through, and I've had this experience of breaking through with those I love, uh, uh, when I share the pleasure in the creativity of one of my grandchildren, and I, one of the things I really do miss being down here in Florida in, senior in a senior community uh, is to have real contact with young children who are not yet fettered by all of the things they're not supposed to say and yet uh, are growing and grappling with those things that are unique to them that produce the feeling that I'm talking about, which is joy. Children are not just happy, but when they're really living as full as a human being can live, there's joy. And that's the emotion that I see that disappears from more and more of our lives as we get older or as we get involved in political situations that would oppress us or religions and political situations that merge that tell us that the only thing we're allowed to be is a member of the mob, of the collective, of the group. That we don't have individual identity. Our leaders can express themselves, but what they express lacks joy. What they express lacks pleasure. And all of the joy in life that attends real loving creativity uh, becomes, just disappears. 
it gets sucked into a vacuum. It's like light being sucked out of a bulb by some kind of powerful force. And so uh, that's really what I want to discuss tonight. I would love to discuss it with others. Uh, I don't know. Uh, again, I don't expect that there would be many people. Uh, my chat line is open if anybody would like to write. Uh, let's see. I'm going to close this. Let's see if I can. No. No, I don't know how to do this. Uh, I have to really get a lesson in many ways on how to use this damn thing. Uh, because now the, the chat covers up the number that my listeners would have to call if they wanted to call in and talk with me. Well, you know what? It's late. Um, I had a very busy day today. We were getting permits and licenses for the office that my friends and I are opening. And uh, uh, so I'm going to leave it alone. Uh, by the way, uh, I'm, I'm now constructing a website uh, which can be found at web.me, M-E, dot com forward slash Lawrence Simon, L-A-U-R-E-N-C-E dot S-I-M-O-N. Uh, don't go there now, or you do, you'll see my picture but nothing else uh, because I need another lesson on Wednesday on how to put the text in. I'm very slow to learn this stuff, although as I learn it, I get great pleasure out of it. And uh, you can reach me online if you want to write me a personal message. I now, through mobile me and Apple, have a uh, website, and that is Lawrence, L-A-U-R-E-N-C-E, dot Simon, at me, dot com. So lawrence.simon at me.com. You want to send me a message? Well, actually, you could send me a message this way, too, I think, on, on the uh, Blog Talk Radio. Or you could talk to me uh, and send me a message on my new website that's been created this week. Uh, see, the word created is there. And I really do feel wonderful about this. Well, anyway, I wish you all a very good night. Uh, I have rambled on. And I feel rather comfortable having rambled on. I covered what I would really like to cover. And so I will do a show again next week. I'm going to do it in the evening and hope there will be more listeners uh, and more people who might be uh, willing and wanting to call in. By then, maybe I'll find out exactly what the number is. That's the toll-free number so that you don't have to uh, spend your own money uh, in calling in. And so I'm going to say good night. Good night.